Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, joined by Rod Mullins today, and we're going to recap the championship of the NASCAR Cup Series at Phoenix on Sunday. And man, there's so much to talk about there, Rod. Joey Logano with the win, the championship four. It was it was a duel for most of the day, and uh, you know. Well, Logano, his second championship. Uh, talk about Joey, his win, and and what those uh, those four guys uh, were able to do on in the race on Sunday. I think more than anything else, Joey Logano demonstrated to me. I think more than anything else of uh, his resolve and his patience of what he could do in getting the job done. He didn't really go and he didn't brag about uh, that they were going to come away with a championship that he was going to guarantee a championship. He just went out there and he let his driving do, I think, all the proving that he really needed. And then, of course, that you've got to add on uh, Team Penske and, you know, how great that team has. Well, they kind of came together here toward the very end of the season and they made sure that they got him into the, the championship four. And they got him there. And then, um, you know, Ryan Blaney didn't have a, a disappointing day either. He kind of hung in there, too, hoping to maybe get his first victory or at least that victory that they wanted uh, this season. But I think all in all, they were kind of very happy that Joey Logano came away with it. And, you know, and I'm not, I, I have to say this, I've not very well, I've not been a, uh, a big Joey Logano fan over the years because Joey Logano was one of these drivers that in a lot of ways reminds me of a lot of wrestlers. He goes out there and he says he's going to do a lot of things, but the thing is, does he really prove it when he's out on the track? Denny Hamlin's another one of those guys. And those two clash like fire and ice, oil and water and, and so forth. And then here he went. He stayed quiet most of the week. Didn't have a whole lot to talk about except, you know, we've got a job to do. We've got to go out there and we've got to race and we've got to just do our very best. And that's what exactly he did. I can't fault him. I can't fault the race team. Um, I think it was great because this was the second championship this year for Team Penske. After winning the IndyCar championship, they won that. They pick up and they win the uh, the NASCAR Cup Series. And so it was a great win there for, for Team Penske. Austin Sinner gets Rookie of the Year. So that's another honor right there out of that, out of that stable. Um, it was just unfortunate that uh, some of the drivers that we were kind of expecting to make a splash a little bit of one and i'm talking chase elliott in this um fails to make it finish the race but that was due in part to another one of those drivers out there ross chastain which a lot of people were faulting and saying ross chastain rough driving again but he made a legitimate move and he made a legitimate block trying to go and keep what he could of territory trying to you know go around and see what he could do and he ended up collecting him, you know, tipping him around, and that sent Elliott into the wall, though, and it ended Elliott's day for that uh, that part in that championship hope. Yeah, I was going to ask your take on that. I had the same take. You know, I know that I saw the criticism online uh, from some quarters uh, yeah. of Chastain there, but, uh, you know, I, it wasn't even necessarily hard driving. It was just the kind of thing, like no. you said, where Elliott was, was kind of getting in his lane and you know, sometimes that kind of thing happens. The unfortunate thing, more Elliott, I mean, he had such a great season. He was a regular season champion, um, mm -hmm. but he faded a little bit down the stretch. Maybe, you know, it's kind of like a, I think I used the analogy on a previous podcast, kind of like a baseball team that clinches its division uh, with a few weeks to go and they kind of go, they coast in and then they, they're not ready for the playoffs. Um, Elliott kept getting through, but 
it just wasn't the same as he was earlier in the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he just did not have what it took. And, you know, I know there's some changes getting ready to take place at Henrik Motorsports, and there were some guys, you know, uh, kind of closing things out, and they were getting ready to move on into some executive jobs and so forth. But, you know, for him this year, I don't know if it was as much just his driving. I don't know if the driving had anything to do with it. He was mostly conservative this race. I think he was conservative just waiting for that right moment. And, you know, right when he thought that right moment was coming up, that was the time which, you know, he kind of goes to that lower part of the apron and he's protecting his ground like any other driver would do. And then Chastain comes up behind him. Chastain does not want to be cut off with the possibility if there's room there for me to get in, I'm going to try to get in and make a way around through there, especially in that wide area of the track there at Phoenix, because you come off of that one turn, it, it kind of differs. It kind of goes from what's a little bit of a banking to kind of a flat part. And then it's awful rough on the, uh, on the cars. Some of them would do it on a semi-regular basis through the race, but then they got there, and then that happened to Elliott, and I think a lot of them kind of stayed away from that toward the very end. You know, credit to his uh, crew. They got the car back on the track pretty quickly. He lost a lap, yeah. uh, and they were just waiting for some kind of some caution that would give them an opportunity to pull back off the track, do some more work. Um, he just didn't have – after that, uh, after the wreck, though, he just didn't have the car. He didn't have the speed. Uh, no. In fact, lost another lap. He got lapped. Uh, out there and he, he just didn't have it to be able to to compete with the other three no he didn't have the speed didn't have the speed at all to be able to to stay with them and you know the thing is they have to maintain a certain speed or they'll get black flagged and pulled to the to the pits and so forth but you know the team you've got to give credit where credit's due they did get him back out onto the track um i never really officially heard what was the final verdict on what had broken underneath the car or anything like that but you know, you take a hit like that and you're going up against the wall, um, you know something's going to break. And something did in this case, but we didn't finally figure out what was going on because Elliot's day was pretty much done at that point. And so, um, you know, we were kind of waiting, too. I think, you know, a lot of people were probably kind of wondering, too, was Ross Chastain going to pull off uh, another ballsy move like what he did at Martinsville? And, you know, a lot of people were expecting that and looking for that, and it didn't happen. Um, some people might say him wrecking Chase Elliott was one of those moves. I didn't think so. I think that's just competitive racing, and that's what they were trying to do out of it. Um, the man to chase that day was none other than Joey Logano. Ross Chastain, you know, tried there. He was actually turning some faster laps toward the end of the race, um, turning some better laps than some of uh, than Logano and some of them out there, but. Logano's car just seemed to get better on the long runs is what it seemed to get better on. And that's what ended up happening. And, you know, I, I, of the four that were in there in contention for this whole thing, um, you know, Joey Logano kind of surprised me out of the whole bunch. I just didn't expect it to happen. I figured something would come apart on uh, Penske's car, something like that early on. That would kind of shoot his chances I never expected for him, but that's the thing that he told people about. He said, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the long haul, and that's what we were, and that's what they ended up doing. According to NASCAR, Chastain had the fastest car in the last 20 laps, but yes. there was never a caution. So no. um, maybe if there had been a restart, and he he was he finished third, so if he's, if he's starting third in a restart, maybe, you know, the, the fact they'd be closer there, he may have been able to, to make a move, but 
you know, even with the fastest car in the last 20 laps, with 20 laps to go, he was he was far enough behind that, you know, yeah, if, if the race had gone on another five or 10 laps, maybe he catches him, but he just didn't have enough time. Yeah, and another thing, too, I think that we didn't really get the whole story on the tires. I think the tires were starting to use up a little bit faster than what some of the teams were expecting. Uh, you get out there in the sun, it's hot, it's sticky a little bit, but still it makes the track a little bit loose. Um, you had some drivers, you really didn't have a whole lot of cautions in this race. You didn't have, you had some spins. I know Ricky Stenhouse took a, you know, took a spin and there were a couple other drivers that that took those spins in between and kind of got turned around, but we didn't have any of the, well, I will say the wrecks, the big ones, as we see commonly on a super speedway. But I think the tires, uh, told a lot of the story in this one. Um, just a little bit of time out on the tracks. Depending on if you had two tires, um, yeah, you could kind of salvage a little bit, maybe improve your speed for a short period of time. But when you had the four new tires on there and you were able to take off, uh, wow, you got to put some speeds on. That's what Chastain got. Chastain got some tires that really gave him a lot of an ability to be able to increase and go around through there. But the distance was just too much to kind of overtake Logano at that point. Logano kind of had it. Well, for lack of a better term, he had it kind of kicked into autopilot, and that's what he was doing, going around the track, and he really wasn't worried too much about it. Uh, the other championship for driver Christopher Bell, um, you know, one thing you take take for granted in a NASCAR race yeah. is that you'll get good pit stops. A terrible pit stop undid his yeah. day. Yeah, terrible pit stop, and you know, I've said this, uh, you know, many times before. Uh, pit stops are what can make you what they can break you. In this case, it broke you. And I mean, when you're turning 10.2, 10.5, 10.9, you know, times inside the pits, that's darn good. That's a lot better than what it used to be. I mean, we're talking 14, 15 seconds in the pits. You've shaved off now at least five seconds in the pits. And then he has this happen. I think what did go to 19 seconds or something? 19.8 like seconds. Yeah, in the 19.8 seconds. And when that happened, you know, that just, that shot him completely out. I mean, there was no way he, he had to be able to overtake that. And then they were a team facing a lot of adversity on that Sunday too. They had a lot of things, of course, the, the, uh, Coy Gibbs, uh, you know, shocking uh, death, you know, from the night before and so forth. And uh, Sun Tide celebrated his um, winning the uh, Xfinity Cup or the Xfinity Series championship and then getting to the track and then saying, Ty Gibbs is not going to be racing today. There's been an emergency, been something that's happened. And then when it started going through the, the infield, man, everybody knew at that point. And I think that affected Christopher Bell and them too, because um, I did see Steve Phelps at one point early on at the beginning of the race coming in. They were offering condolences and so forth, talking to, to Christopher Bell because, you know, he was the only Joe Gibbs racing uh, team car that was in present in the playoffs. And so, you know, this all came as a big shock to a lot of people and it especially shocked me. And so, you know, dealing with that, that adversity there were things that were totally out of his control in this, in this case. And I think that pit stop was one of them. That just happened to be something that happened along with what was going on that day anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All four of the championship four drivers started their, uh, started the last stage in the top 10, but then, yeah, we have a wreck with one that he, he stayed in the race, but mm -hmm. Elliot got uh, knocked back 
Bell with the the pit stop, and then the other two ran, you know, balls out all the way to the end, and just yeah. Logano just had slightly the better car for the day. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's a it's again a testament to Team Penske what they produced and what they were able to come up with on the track this year. And, you know, like I said, he backed it up. He backed it up more than I think he has ever done before in his career in the last few years. He really backed it up. He played the more mature driver, I think, than than a lot of people, you know, kind of took him for. So he went out there, he he walked the walk, and he talked the talk is what he did. So that's the cap of our season. Um, I can't believe it. You know, it started in February in Los Angeles, of all places. Yep. And, uh, you know, in some ways that feels like so long ago. In some ways it feels like that was just the other day. Um, what What do you think will stand out from this 2022 NASCAR season that we'll be remembering in a few years? Um, I think probably the diverse field of the wins with all of these different teams. That's going to be one thing that's going to stand out. I think another thing is going to be um, the comment that was made, I think, as the season was ending. Uh, NASCAR has its work cut out for them with this next generation car. Uh, these are problems that are going to have to be solved uh, within a few months, what, a hundred and some days, 109 days or something like that before they really kick back into full swing, uh, they're going to have to solve some problems. And, um, you know, NASCAR has admitted there's some issues. Um, let's see, who was it that uh, actually, I think uh, somebody had some trouble uh, during the race on Sunday, and it was another one of those, I think Keselowski may have had the trouble with it. Somebody had trouble, uh, and it's that problem again about the rubber coming off the tires collecting up underneath the car and then uh, setting the engine on fire or setting one of the lines on fire. Um, that's a problem they're going to have to solve. They're going to have to get this whole thing figured out before they get back to Los Angeles again in February when they run that clash race, which I don't think that's going to be a, a big test at that point. That's just one of those fun races, I think, is what it's going to be for sort of like a bragging rights sort of deal out on the West Coast. But when they get to Daytona, they're going to have to have a lot of these things figured out because we started seeing some things in the, uh, I guess, as the season went on. And when they went back to Daytona, um, there were things not working out on this car. And I still am, am very praiseworthy of the car. I think from what information that I have and I've been able to see, I think the car is a step in the right direction when it comes to parity in the sport because you had so many different winners this year. You had teams that have been able to, leap you know by bounds over top of you know some other teams or maybe where other teams might have once stood and they pulled off some wins you've got jimmy johnson now involved back into racing again and of all places not with rick hendrick but coming in with petty gms racing and so he must believe in this new car he believes in this new system because he's going to run just a select few races but he's going to be a part owner if he doesn't believe in something you know, hey, you've got Jimmy Johnson's name in there. Now you got Petty. You got Johnson in there. You got a seven-time champion. What a race team you're going to have there. And I think with uh, the addition of Noah Gragson, I think that's going to be a big team uh, starting next year with all this, um, hopefully, stuff that they'll get from Chevrolet and maybe some from R&D. They'll get some stuff in there, hopefully, that might help them a little bit more as a team. But, yeah, I think the big thing that stands out with me, I think, this year about the season was the parity thing. Uh, just 
so many different winners we had on the season and then uh, you know where it came, where it took us to I think uh, it took us down to a more established team that just was ready to just go and and put it to the wall and show everybody what they were capable of doing and that's what Penske did yeah for in a season of, of so much equality democracy almost right with everybody right. having an equal chance um, in the end, yeah, it's, it comes down to driving skill and ingenuity of the team. And uh, congratulations to Joe Logano and, and Team Penske. And what, yeah, as you mentioned, what a year for Team Penske uh, across the board. So, um, well, Ron, anything else as we wrap up our coverage of the 2022 season? It won't be long before we're talking about Daytona. Well, as a matter of fact, I've I've got a couple of things to send in to you. Some links and stuff, and uh, they've released the NASCAR schedule. The uh, all the schedules, the TV schedules and things like that of what's going to be for the official part for next year. And of course, everything starts with Los Angeles again there at the Coliseum. And then we'll be leading into Daytona at that point. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of moves in this offseason. We're going to be seeing where things are going to go, um, especially toward this car. I think some of the teams have started to settle down a little bit more. Now the silly season thing doesn't exist. So it's going to be interesting to see how the offseason is going to prepare some of these teams for what's coming up in 2023. It's going to be a pivotal year. Um, you know, here's one thing that, to take away from it. This was a kind of a surprise for me. Uh, in the Xfinity Series, we already mentioned Ty Gibbs won that championship there in the Xfinity Series. Um, what do you do if you're Dale Earnhardt Jr. and you've got Junior Motorsports and you had three of the four drivers in contention for a championship and what do you do to overtake that power hold that Joe Gibbs Racing had on the Xfinity Series? So that, that's going to be one of the stories that's going to have to be decided because I really don't know what Ty Gibbs' plans are going to be coming up for 2023. If he's going to run Xfinity, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to be in the 18 car for Joe Gibbs Racing next season in the Cup Series. But, um, you know, we're going to find out, too, about Kyle Busch. You know, is Kyle Busch going to be able to – uh, be able to bridge that gap of, you know, I call it a kind of a lame duck uh, season this year where he was sitting there in limbo, not knowing what he was going to do uh, to the point of how do I go and how do I start winning again at Richard Childress Racing? And, you know, how are we going to do this? Uh, Richard Childress doesn't have that much sponsorship. He, you know, Chevrolet's kind of cut this stuff out. Hendrick is probably the beneficiary of a lot of this stuff. Where do some of these teams share some of this information to become more of a, a juggernaut, so to speak, when it comes to dominating out on the uh, out on the circuit? And then also, lo and behold, uh, the owners, the championship, the makers uh, championship series, you know, that was decided down to the very last minute by, you know, the the race this past weekend uh, there in Phoenix. Uh, what does Chevrolet have to do to get back on top of things? What do they have to do to hold on to things? What's Toyota going to have to do to get back into the swing of things? There's going to be a lot of questions coming up into 2023 as to where we go from here. And it's going to be a lot of wait and see, I think. Well, for our listeners out there, uh, check out AugustaFreePress.com uh, as Rod keeps us up to date in the offseason uh, on NASCAR doings, uh, moves to different teams, and, of course, getting ready for 2023 as well. Well, Rod, as always, thank you for your time and your insight. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.